Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns are heading for a split. Could there be a reunion back in New Orleans? And do the Pelicans even need CP3? Plus, Brandon Ingram commits to Team USA. It's Friday's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday final show of the week. We're going to talk some Chris Paul. We're going to talk some Brandon Ingram. I love that he's playing for Team USA, and that is a very good sign for the Pelicans going into next year. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free, breaking down all of the biggest topics, even when they're bad ones, about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And if you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday and comment down below on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. When you enter promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dog style Yeti tumbler with every order. So let's get Right on into it. The Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul are headed towards a divorce, a split. Some big changes coming to that Phoenix Suns team in the wake of a losing to the Denver Nuggets, firing Monty Williams, a new owner coming in and really wanting to shake things up, kind of put his fingerprint on the team, however you want to look at it. And it means Chris Paul, who's been there for two, three years now, I'm forgetting the number. This was his third season in Phoenix. Looks like they're going to part ways after taking them to an NBA Finals just a couple of seasons ago, where they did lose to the Milwaukee Bucks. So that leaves the option of could New Orleans get in the mix? Does New Orleans even want to be in the mix for Chris Paul? We'll look at that in the next segment. But I want to ask you this, and this is really, this first segment is a question for you, especially longtime New Orleans basketball fans, Hornets, Pelicans, but really the Hornets here. Chris Paul asked for a trade and forced his way out. And it was, I wouldn't call it ugly. That was the really the first second year I was covering the team, and I remember this quite well. I wouldn't call it ugly. The return... That first game back with the Clippers was interesting. The incident with Jason Smith. I had Jason Smith on during the, or uh, Jason Smith on during the pandemic. And he talked about that moment where he hip checked Blake Griffin and all of that in Chris Paul's return. You should go listen to that show. It was a lot of fun. Let me ask you this. Has there been enough time for you to be okay with welcoming him back? It's been over 10 years at this point. His last season was the 2010-2011 season where he had a great playoff run against the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. And then the next year, 11-12, he he, he, forced a trade first to the Lakers then ended up going to the Los Angeles Clippers forming Lob City. Has there been enough time for you to heal and for old wounds to go away? What are your thoughts on that? Let me know in the comments down below. I think it's a valid question because, frankly, 
if it's not, and if the majority of people are like, no, screw that guy, kind of a similar way they are towards Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis will probably never be welcome back here with the way he forced his way out. But Chris Paul didn't do it in the same vein. He asked for a trade. He asked for a trade. Had a year left on his deal, asked for a trade, and the team did the best to accommodate him, traded him to the Lakers. That was overruled by David Stern, who was technically the owner of the team at the time, so it wasn't the league intervening, it was the owner of the team intervening. And then he had to come back, he had to go to practices and all of those things, and did all of that, and was kind of a good soldier till a trade happened. And when you think of Chris Paul, you know, he didn't force a trade, that's not a great thing, that's going to upset fans, but it wasn't like Anthony Davis, I wouldn't say he burned bridges on the way out. And recently, he's been on a number of podcasts and other places kind of talking about how he views the city of New Orleans, and he doesn't have any bad blood towards the team or the city. And when he talked about requesting that trade, and this was unbelievably interesting over on the Pivot podcast, he says, quote, what a lot of people don't know, they was coming to practice and telling us that the team's leaving. They was telling us that the team was moving to Kansas City. They told us the team was moving to somewhere in California. Me and David West have been there. And when I left, I wasn't like I'm leaving New Orleans because I want to be out of there. The team was saying they were moving and going to do this and going in all these other directions. So that's why me and D West was like, okay, it's time for us to move on, end quote. I get it. You know, if you're uncertain about the future and the NBA owned the team, there was no local owner or even individual owner of the team at the time. Who knows what that's going to be? And that was a rough time in franchise history. The team was also run as cheaply as possible during that time. They practiced over at the Alario Center on the West Bank over by Bayou Signet. And man, that facility is not where an NBA team should be spending any period of time at all. And there were times they would have to practice in high school gyms or anywhere because the the circus would be at the Alario Center using their dressing rooms and the NBA team in the city couldn't use that, that facility. This was pre-building the practice facility over on airline next to the Saints. That's how awful things were at times. To say this was, you know, a poverty franchise, right? It definitely was during the end of George Shin's time in New Orleans, so I don't fault Chris Paul, actually, for really wanting out when those are the things. And when you look at still some of the work that he's done here, his charities still operate here. He seems to really love the city of New Orleans a lot. And he spoke about how he has a lot of love for the city. It seems like, in his mind, one, is he setting the groundwork for a return to the New Orleans? And could something already be in the works? More on that next. You know, showing that he's uh, like, I still love y'all. It's okay. If I come back, don't be upset. If people were too upset, this would be a terrible PR move, one that I don't know if the Pelicans want to wade into. But personally, I think, yeah, I have no problem with Chris Paul returning. Just on the surface of if that's the question and we're not looking at stats, availability, cost, assets, all of that stuff, role, Chris Paul in New Orleans back on the team, love it. I don't know if that's what he wants right now. I think he's open to it, but I think he definitely wants a ring. If his... End of his career is more about winning a title. There's going to be other options for him that are probably ahead of the Pelicans, the Clippers, the Lakers, maybe the Milwaukee Bucks, even maybe the Miami Heat, depending on what happens with them, you know, in the next couple of games. If he's more about like closing the loop and a reunion and like, I don't know, you know, closing the loops, maybe the way to do it right. Or kind of reconciliation at the end of his career in New Orleans. Well, yeah, it's not going to get any better than that. And it depends to him really 
on what he values the most at this point in time. But let me know what you think. You know, he's been showing the city a lot of love, has been. Yeah, it was a little messy when he left, but has enough time gone by to heal those kind of wounds. I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious what you think. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube and on Twitter at Nola Jake. But here's the other question. Even if Chris Paul wants to come back to New Orleans or is open to coming back to New Orleans, do they want him? Do the Pelicans need CP3 on this roster? Let's answer that question coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I love these shorts and pants so much. And the Bird Dogs stretch khaki short designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give your legs a sculpted look. I throw a pair of these on and they got that lining in there, which I actually really like. You just throw on these shorts and you're just good to go. I can go to the driving range. I can go to podcast meetings. I can go meet friends out at happy hour with the same pair of shorts on and it works for all occasions. So I look great throughout the day and they just fit way better than regular shorts that are made of kind of stiff, restricting cotton. These are a flex fabric, cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches to give you a slimmer look without sacrificing that movement. They feel good. They're breathable. I love these. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA and enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you, I wear them all the time. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Every dayers, we've covered a lot this week. We got a lot more draft coverage to get into as well. And if you want to be part of the channel, we're going to do the Locked On Community Mock Draft. A lot of y'all have been DMing me. Spots are filling up. We might have one or two more. So DM me. We'll try and get everyone in that we can. Make some picks. Give your thoughts on it. It's a lot of fun. It's super easy. If you want to be involved, let me know on Twitter. DM me. The DMs are open. And become an everydayer to support the channel. So we're looking at Chris Paul. Splitting up from the Phoenix Suns. So, would the Pelicans want him back? You know, if, it depends. It depends. My, the the short answer here, if you just need the too long didn't read is, no, I don't think so. But it also depends on how he's separating from the Phoenix Suns. If they waive him and the Pelicans can give him a vet minimum deal, okay, we, we can talk then. If they got to outbid against other teams and the price for him is going to get high, he'll be owed money by the Phoenix Suns, but that's just offset by whatever another team's going to pay him. I don't think the Pelicans can do that given where they are in relation to the luxury tax and their salary cap concerns, which if you're an everyday or you've heard me talk about a lot, a lot, a lot over the past six months. I don't think you need to go to the luxury tax for Chris Paul at this point in his career at age 38, he'll be 39 next season. Maybe not. Um, Depends on when the season ends. But he'll be 39 at some point next year. I don't think you need to go to the luxury tax for him, even when he could give you decent production. Decent production. If he's waived, that's a different story. If you got to trade for him and take on that whole contract, not a chance. If you're giving up assets, if you're having to sacrifice players, even you know, players you don't want. I don't think that makes really any sense given the money that he could be owed and what you have to do. He's going to get paid $30.8 million next season and then $30 uh, $30 million the season after that. That's a lot. 
that's a lot. I don't know if that's something that the Pelicans can straight up commit to Chris Paul. It's not. So you need to do it on a buyout market only if it's basically on just a minimum deal. And I don't know if that's going to end up being the case. So that alone probably rules this out. But let's let's put that aside and just look at him as a player. What would he bring to this team? When you think of Chris Paul, what are the kind of two qualities that he's going to really bring? First and foremost is the assist numbers, right? This is a guy who passes the ball, who's the consummate floor general. He's been referred to as the point god, not the point guard. They're not incorrect on that. He is straight up amazing. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was on the NBA's, you know, 75-year anniversary team, and deservedly so. He still does that. This season, 8.9 assists. Last year, he led the league in assists at 10.8 per game. The dude can still dish the rock and pull the strings. And for a team that struggles in the half court, having them a little bit more organized, particularly if they want to run a more motion-based offense, well then having a guy that can do all of that is a very useful thing. That said, do the Pelicans need it? And I don't think the answer to that is yes. The answer to that is no. This team was 11th in assists per game last season. 11th in assists per game. They pass the ball. They move the ball. They'll do even more of that next year. Brandon Ingram can initiate the offense. Zion Williamson can initiate the offense. C.J. McCollum can initiate the offense, though we like that in limited doses. Jose Alvarado can, and more on Alvarado in a moment here. Herb Jones can do it as well. They have a number of guys that can do all of this. So if you have to give up assets, if you have to pay the luxury tax for Chris Paul, who at this point is more of a luxury than a necessity, I think, I don't know if that's the direction you need go, especially given his age and maybe some of the injury concerns. He breaks down at the end of seasons, and that is a problem. That is a big problem for any team that's going to have him, let alone a team like the New Orleans Pelicans, who desperately don't need to deal with any more injuries. He plays big minutes when he's out there on the court. He's still averaging in the 30s, so it's not like this is guys like 15 minutes per game and you can't play much more. If he's healthy, he can play. A significant role. How healthy is he going to be? And I think that's a valid question. It's not like he's playing in, you know, less than half the season, 59 games this past year, missed time in the postseason, 65 games the year before, 70, 70, the two years before that. But there is concern about that. And is that the type of risk that this Pelicans team compared to all others can take on? I'm not so sure. The other thing that he does is elevate the teams around him. You know, that veteran leadership, that veteran presence. There is something to be made for that. Look at the 2019-2020 season where he took the Oklahoma City Thunder when we thought he was washed and everyone on that team wasn't good. And he took them to Game 7 against the Houston Rockets in the first round. and was awesome. And it kind of was like the revitalization of his career there. Still got a lot, I think, in the tank. Do the Pelicans need someone to elevate them like that, right? They were first in the West when they're healthy. Everything with the Pelicans comes down to health. Simple as that. It's not they need a guy that gets them to another gear. Y'all, this team's good when they're healthy. This is why I've advocated not trading Zion Williamson, not trading Brandon Ingram. And yesterday's show wasn't me saying they should trade Zion. It was saying ownership might look at this and be like, what the heck? I've been very much on the record of don't trade either of those guys, even for Scoot Henderson. 
So what is Chris Paul going to add when this team's already good? You'd say, oh, they'd be a, a top three team in the West with him. They were top three team in the West last year when they were healthy without Chris Paul. <laughs> Do you need to push into the luxury tax and deal with everything that comes with that, which could necessitate breaking down the team that's sooner rather than later. I don't think you need to do that for Chris Paul at this point. He's not going to give you scoring, 13.9 points per game. You can get that from other people. It's also going to diminish you know, the role and growth of a guy like Dyson Daniels and Jose Alvarado. I think I got it right that first time when I pointed to the jersey. And just, if you bring him in, do you have to trade Jose Alvarado? You remember the playoff series two years ago now? Wasn't like there was, you know, those two were, were digging each other and were friends. And is there some bad blood between those two players? There might be. And that's okay. Yeah, it can also be professional and, you know, get the heck over it. But tell me what Chris Paul is truly going to bring to this team that they need, that they desperately need. When we're looking at the draft and looking at players and, you know, if you're an everyday or you hear me talking about guards all the time and kind of the, what they need. And I'm looking more at combo guards that can handle the ball a little bit, but also score. That's not Chris Paul. Do they need a true point guard when you have all of these other half to three quarter ball handlers on, on the roster? And I don't think they do. So when you look at asset management, roster spot management, which is an asset in and of itself, I just don't see the need for Chris Paul. And honestly, for the Pelicans, you know, him turning down the $100 million offer they tried to sign him to might be a blessing in disguise when he turned them down a couple of years ago. Same for Kyle Lowry. Ended up not really being what they needed as they kind of uncovered Point Zion and all of those things. So let me know what you think. Do they need Chris Paul? Have you healed enough for the way he wanted out of New Orleans. I'm very curious what y'all think. So let's switch gears. Coming up, Brandon Ingram on Team USA. And I love this so much. And this allays a lot of concerns I've had about Brandon Ingram recently. And I'll explain why coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I love that their app is super easy to use. I log on. I can see popular parlays. I can easily make a same-game parlay. You want to take Nikola Jokic to have a triple-double? Twice now in three games in the NBA Finals, you can do that. Jamal Murray to have over 25 and a half points, they've got you covered. Win some money over at FanDuel. They've got great promotions every day and you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA and the official betting partner, sports betting partner of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, deep in draft season, giving you draft coverage you want, everything you want to know about this team, looking at Chris Paul now that that's big news out there as well. And if you want more draft talk, because we haven't done that these past two days, go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. We got the best draft coverage you can find around in a daily podcast, looking at all the prospects. They were all at the Combine 
the three hosts, they have prospects on the show. Go give it a listen. Those dudes are awesome. I'm trying to get one on the show next week to look at this draft with y'all. So, support Lockdown Pelicans by becoming an everyday. We got more draft coverage coming to you next week as well as everything with the team. So, we're going to wrap up today's show talking about Brandon Ingram. And he is committed to Team USA playing in the FIBA World Cup. I love this. I love this so much. He's going to be one of 12 players on the team. And given some of the names out there, you could argue that he's maybe the most talented, the best player on it. This makes me feel good for a number of reasons, other than like, go America, right? We don't need to get into that here. What I love about this is I've, there have been some concerns about Brandon Ingram this year. And I've, if you're an everyday or you've heard me express these throughout the season, you know, he has... He's brought more people to New Orleans this year, and he seems to really be listening to them. And as that injury with the toe came up, you know, he seemed to be listening more to his people than the Pelicans, and that's fine. I don't really have a problem with that on the surface. But there was some question of, like, why aren't you playing? And maybe it was he just didn't feel right. Maybe it was also other people being like, you got to wait till you're 100%. And it does make you wonder a little bit about his commitment. And that's okay. It's fine to wonder. It can also be allayed by how he plays. So given that there's some concerns about like his commitment, when this is a guy that we previously have kind of assumed just is a basketball junkie, loves to hoop, loves ball, loves everything, right? Just kind of quiet focuses on that in himself. You know, to have those concerns come up isn't a great feeling, but this kind of shows, again, this dude loves basketball and loves playing basketball. Instead of spending, you know, the off season, on vacations and in Cancun at the beach and all of those things. Nope. He's going to commit to being in shape, to competing at a high level and being sharp. And that means that's going to carry over hopefully into the Pelican season. Hopefully he's not going to be too tired or, you know, anything like that exhausted given his age. He shouldn't be. This is just going to make him come into the season with a little bit of an edge compared to everyone else, a step or two ahead. And I love that because this is a guy that we look to to be one of the leaders on this Pelicans team. Even if Zion Williamson is the best player, you can argue that Brandon Ingram is the leader right now with it. And this kind of reaffirms that, I think. So to see him not want to have an easy offseason and chill and have fun and do all that stuff and said, hoop and play basketball and compete and try and be the best version of himself. Love it. It kind of reminds you who Brandon Ingram is after a season when some questions started to pop up. And I think this allays a lot of those concerns that maybe were kind of around him. So this is a very good thing to see and shows you the kind of leadership role that he's ready to bring on. He's going to be one of the leaders on that team. He has to be one of the leaders on that team, even if he's not going to be the most vocal guy out there. He'll have some others on that team too. But to see him playing with those guys and kind of showing off what he can do and hopefully leading the USA to glory, I think is an awesome thing. And it's a credit to Brandon Ingram. It also means that he's healthy now, that we have no concerns about his health going into the offseason and that he's ready to play and just do his thing. And that's nice after an injury plague past couple of years to see that he's healthy. And, I, you know, the one thing we hope doesn't happen is that an injury comes up 
during international play that has any impact on the Pelican season, but you can't assume that something like that's going to happen. Or maybe you can, given the Pelicans and the luck that they have. But this is a great thing to see, and I'm excited to see that Brandon Ingram is going to be on Team USA. It's a very cool honor for him, and I'm glad to see that he was like, yeah, I'll go and do that. And hopefully it means he's going to come into the season really sharp and have a great start to next year. And hopefully the Pelicans get back on track after a season when, whew, up and down and definitely ended on a bit of a down note as that's continued a little bit into the offseason, but some positive news there. Let me know what you think about Brandon Ingram playing for Team USA and what you think, good or bad, about Chris Paul and a potential return for the Pelicans that I don't think is going to happen for a variety of reasons, least alone of which is I don't think the Pelicans need him. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This week here of Locked On Pelicans, actually. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJick on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all on Monday to get back on track with some draft talk, unless some other crazy news happens over the weekend, which I wouldn't rule out.